Hey, Dave, what do Paul Sinclair from Atlantic, Tom Hefter from Ticketmaster, Rosie Lopez from Tommy Boy, and Heather Ellis from Pandora all have in common? They're all big wigs in the music and entertainment industry, Esteban. And? They all hate warm beer. And? They've all been guests on the Music Biz 101 and More radio show at 8 o'clock on Wednesday nights. Bingo. If you want to learn more about the music and entertainment biz, tweet in a question and tune in every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock to Music Biz 101 and More on Brave New Radio. Remember when? Oh no! Yes, that is the He's back. sweet sound. We're back. Roberto Fusari. That's right. The Italian crooner from Livingstone, New Jersey. <laughs> and you're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. <laughs> Woo, Marconi, how you doing, babe? We're back. We are back. Right? We weren't here last week. Remember? Because it was uh, Thanksgiving. Yes. Thanksgiving, and I gave That's thanks right, for you. That's right, Eve. Yes. It was Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Eve. At your Thanksgiving dinner table, when you stood yeah. in front of these 75-odd people, and they were all odd, uh, did you say a little prayer for me in front of them? Well, we said grace, but we weren't thinking of you at all. <laughs> Which is very interesting, because... Yes, of course. Um, all I could do the whole time, I talked about you for, like, 25 minutes in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner. I, like, had people Turkey stop. Turkey was and, that bad, huh? Yeah, it didn't taste good. God. There's nothing else to talk about. So we are back. We are still yes, back. and how many more shows do we have till the end of the semester? We have one more live show taking place in two weeks. Chris mm -hmm. Roslin, who is of Roslin PR... Mm -hmm. Public relations and he, his clients of his have included Rosalind the Beatles. And Dara. Not the Beatles, but Paul McCartney, who was a Beatle. Is he still a Beatle, Paul McCartney? Are you a Beatle forever? You're a Beatle until you die. Right? Okay. So Ringo is still a Beatle. Yes, I according saw to the law. The law of Beatles. Well, no, the law of residual use. The Beatles will still exist. Elena Lanza is here, and uh, Elena <laughs> went through this program. She's an indie radio promotional person, and... That's a way to put it. Yeah, that, that'd be... <laughs> um, is there such a law, the law of residual use? Did Marconi make that law? I, I think they call it a Marconiism. Yeah, Marconiism. Yeah. He's got his own... call listening. <laughs> there we go. No, he has a class. That's right. No, he doesn't. He has no class. No. Um, neither do you. Anyway, let's so, get to what's so, happening because we have a lot of people in the studio here. We have 75 here. people in the studio. Body. It's lots of bodies going on, fully clothed. Um, we'll begin with Ashley Weltner, who is our engineer extraordinary. Yeah. Here we go, Ashley Weltner. Thank you, have Ashley. And we have Anthony Brown, who is our student co-host for the night. Anthony Brown. Yes. TB, the T-Man. And then um, Anthony, real quickly, Anthony, T-Man, yeah. T-Bone, yeah. T-Brown. Yeah. Okay. Oh, use this one. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. What, what do you do here at William Patterson, the university? Uh, well, uh, what do I do? Uh, I, What's your major? Uh, well, my major. Um, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm a double major in legal studies and pop music here. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, either a lawyer or a musician. So 
Not not an entertainment lawyer. Everyone suggests it. Nope. Either or. Just okay. Pick one. So ambulance chaser or a musician? Yeah. Okay. Either Basically. Way. Okay. Very good. A little bit. That's Anthony Brown, everybody. Yes. That's a, when Anthony uh, speaks, people listen. Certainly a career move. Yeah. A career move. Right. <laughs> Some type of career move. All right. And then also in the studio with us, I'm going to get closer to the Mac. To the, it's a macrophone tonight. It's not a microphone. It's actually a larger mic than usual. We call it the Mac. Um, we have two guests. We have Elaine Alonza and mm -hmm. we have Lucas Prada. We'll give them each a hand. Yes. And Elaine Alonza is an associate professor of instruction and the course coordinator of Spanish 199, Language and Context, Contemporary Spain. Absolutely. She has also been teaching See. elementary and intermediate Spanish at the School of Professional Studies since 2007. If you Google Elaine Alonza, the first That's person who comes up is this Spanish know. teacher. Ah. So you should own Google. I should. Why don't you own Google? But my Hola. headshot does come up somewhere. I know. It, it does. Did you see the headshot we used I, to promote I did. That's Music Business 101 more? But... Yeah. Because you look 10 years older. Do. Right. So, um, so we have Elena Lanza, who is a manager of, uh, where did I put it? Manager of artist and label relations at Oracle Entertainment and Marketing. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. That is correct. Okay. So let's, Elena, quick hand. Quick hand. Very exciting time for her. And then we have Lucas Prada, who is the CEO, which stands for. <laughs> you can say it. Use that legal background. Chief Executive Officer. That's right. He's an officer. There we go. Officer, Chief Executive Officer of Prada Promotions and Pop Notch Music. And he's a top-notch guy. Mm -hmm. And we want to welcome Lucas Prada. Thank you. There we go. All right. And real quick, before we get into them, we have to give give the thanks to the people who we who deserve thanks besides you at Thanksgiving dinner. Mm -hmm. We want to thank you. Thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno Inc., and White Hat Management with artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, and Kiss. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to VB. <laughs> CPA.com, when it's best for you. We already gave thanks to Rob Fusari for his song, Don't Let Love Down. And we should also mention Managing Your Band, 6th edition, has been out, is still yes. out, will never not be out anymore. Doing very well. Available at backwingstore.com, Amazon on Kindle, Barnes & Noble on Book. Um, so, so get that. And then finally, don't forget, go to musicbiz101wp.com, sign up for our weekly newsletter. Follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Fussy the Book at musicbiz101wp. And of course, this will be a podcast for those of you listening and you want to hear it again. Go to iTunes, SoundCloud, and listen up. Music Biz 101, 8% more. An edited podcast. Yeah, the edited part. We, we cut out all the dirty parts for the podcast. <laughs> the live gonna, radio, it's all... We cut out a lot of you. Right. right. That's That's so we have to be dirty. So so I, I give up speaking, and now, Marconi, you may no, take no. over the show. No, I think you should continue tonight. All right. So my first comment will be, because you guys are both oh, my here, I know, knocking there. stuff around. Uh, we're, we're talking radio tonight, and um, we have had a couple of major... Uh, Events take place in radio over the last couple of weeks. One is uh, CBS Radio and Entercom merged together, and we actually spoke on email about that. The second thing happened tonight. I don't know if you guys saw the Cumulus uh, filed for bankruptcy tonight. No, I didn't see that. Just happened right wow. before. And then and between that big merger, uh, that, that filing for bankruptcy, and then iHeart, you keep reading that they're going to file for bankruptcy at some point. So the question for both of you is, what is the future of radio? Go. It's pretty scary, actually, um, considering that when I came up in the game, it was much. Uh, there were a lot more radio stations that weren't owned by corporate companies, all mm -hmm. um, clusters of 
just the big three or anything like that. So there was a lot of independently owned companies where um, it, it wasn't the way it is today, where everything is kind of programmed uh, at the heads of, of, of the corporations. So um, it's, it's definitely changed immensely. I mean, considering, and we're just talking 10 years ago, it wasn't like this. But um, the news that keeps coming in, I mean, there's another one that came in today was that um, Orlando has an amp station, too, from CBS. And Entercom um, obviously merged with uh, CBS, and they flipped their format to Alternative Rock this afternoon. So and that happened again in New York. 92.3 happened yeah. last week, right. They, they flipped to Alternative. So there must be an Alternative Rock um, wave coming that we don't know about. But that's the fun stuff about radio. I mean, if you're an employee, it's not that much fun because you come in and your job's gone. <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, but it's it's I guess from the outside, it's fun to watch what what's coming next, what's the next wave, what's the circle of music coming around because everything does come around. So, you know, it's uh, I don't know if I answered your question that well, but well, also the FCC has uh, determined that they're going to now allow uh, owners of television to also own newspapers in small uh, populations, yeah. and that never happened before. Uh, so that it's another change in radio, right? Uh, and it is obviously too a consolidation in some in a certain way. Well, I mean, for for up and coming artists that want to be that play in the in the sandbox of radio, I think it's really important that there are more stations that are independently owned. So that they get a shot and they're not just dealing with the big, big names of corporations that are making decisions like that for mm -hmm. uh, for their own music. Because it's, it's really hard. It's really hard today. Well, you know, this is uh, interesting because on one hand we're talking about this consolidation and the ownership of corporations owning so many stations. And then you turn around and you have iHeart, which iHeart Media, that's exactly what they did. Uh, and, you know, out of Clear Channel and so on and so forth. And here we go that they are always hinting at bankruptcy that they can't seem to get the numbers straight. So there is, I think, a, um, a, a fuzzy future for what radio sh is holding. But on the other side of the coin, when these guys start buying stations or, or merge like we just saw with CBS, um, they've got to have done their homework. I mean, whether they're going to survive as the number one station in their uh, area, that's another thing. But certainly they vetted the whole situation to determine that this is the right move to make as a corporation. Right. I, mean, I still think it's the, the king of the, of the hill, uh, even though there's so many different platforms and ways to get music. I still think that radio, when people drive in their cars, I think the, ma the mass is listening to the radio, even though a lot of people do have... Um, their Spotify's and Pandora's and their mm -hmm. Bluetooth. Um, not everyone is so tech savvy uh, yeah. doing that. So I think right. if you look at the big population, I think more people are just listening to radio mm -hmm. while driving than being very tech savvy. Yeah, the other side of the coin, of course, is that um, everybody's fighting for our leisure time. Yes. You know, and, and music is only one part of the leisure time. We play sports, we go to the gym, we do so on and so forth. And we're getting so busy and now there's so much competition for whether you used to get in the car it turned on the radio. Well, now there's so much competition, you don't necessarily have to do that, number one. And number two, I'm 
one of these people, and I'm sure we're not talking about my age group, but I'm one of these people that want to be talked to. You know, and I, I don't listen to music in the car very rarely. I, I listen to somebody spouting at me. Mostly it's sports, right. but it can be beyond. I just got a new used car, and I have Howard Stern now for three months. So I haven't heard him in years because I didn't buy Sirius. So now I'm glued again to this idea of somebody talking, you know. and Which is what radio is really all about. It's yeah. That, that personal connection. Sure. And, and the the... The freedom to use your imagination, like I don't—I've never seen Howard in the studio except in the pictures and so on. But you can think, and just you know, just like the old Abbott and Costello on the radio and right. all of that, you know, which, which was just wonderful for um, for your imagination. That, I know that that's the one thing that radio does that all these other uh, platforms and, and ways to get music don't normally do because mm -hmm. they don't have the on-air jocks and personalities to paint that picture for you of what they're doing and right. what they're saying. So that part of it, I mean, I love listening to jocks. I've always been a fan of having favorite jocks on the air and waking up or tuning in at a certain time to listen to a certain jock. Um, but I think as time goes on, a lot of these younger generation kids, they don't really know what to miss. They don't know that we grew up listening to, you know, morning shows and afternoon jocks and drive home jocks. Mm -hmm. All they know is that instant access of d dialing into what they want to hear at this very moment. Yeah. So when you bring up a jock to them, they're like, well, why would I want to hear a jock? Right. So I think we're losing that. And it's kind of sad because I do come from that generation of, you know, wanting to hear a jock on the air and, and connecting with that jock. And I, I would hate to see that go away. But little by little, I think it is going away because mm -hmm. I do speak to... I guess we want to call them the millennials of today. Yeah. And uh, they really don't care for it. They're mm -hmm. like, well, why? why? Well, I mean, you, that's all because radio, I mean, and the goals of radio have changed dra drastically. I mean, with these big conglomerates, it used to be about local programming, and now it's about creating a big national brand. You know, iHeart is a big national brand, and... Mm -hmm. It's not so much about the local jock and tailoring yourself to uh, my, a finite group and a, and a smaller audience. Now we can get these bigger, broad bands of people and let's just create a national brand out of it. And it takes a lot of that personality out of it. 100%. I mean, that's uh, the, the lifestyle of radio is exactly what you just said. And the lifestyle has been basically cut out yeah um i remember you know getting a ride when i was a kid before i had my license to go see a jock at a record store doing an in-store mm. or mm -hmm. at a mall or at a softball field where they were playing softball <laughs> because i wanted to meet the jocks right and and today um that lifestyle um the culture of radio is what we've grown up with not everybody in this room but a lot of us it's definitely not there anymore and we want to see it come back but unfortunately i feel like the older we get the more we sound like our parents exactly and uh and that that frustrates me because i feel like i'm still hip and cool and and i know what's going on but then when i say things about radio and jocks some people will look at me like what's wh jock? Wh wh why why right. would you want a jock when we could listen to music nonstop, the jock ruins the song. Right. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. The jock does not ruin the song. It right. helps the song. And 
it's it's one of those things where I guess the older you get and the more things change. But what what Elena had to say was it didn't have to change. Mm-hmm. Corporate radio made it change because of the national programming and the 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 um, just the big wigs, you know, basically making the decisions and taking away that personality on the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it it definitely it hurt radio a lot and it hurt the audience because I mean I don't know if you guys remember Beatstock. Yeah, of Beatstock course. was sure. a show where there was twenty thousand people at Jones Beach on a Saturday and twenty thousand people at PNC in Jersey on the following Sunday. And when you have forty thousand people in the tri state showing up to see the jocks, to see the artists, to, to to tailgate, to jump in their seats and sing along to every song. And ever since this corporate mentality came, those kind of shows and those kind of arenas, they're gone. They don't even exist anymore mm-hmm. because there's no more connection with the radio stations. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because when I started doing dance promo, one of the things my the major boss over at Capitol had said to me was, I don't care what, you know, these big guys like David Guetta are playing in their sets. I care what, you know, the Joe Schmo playing a Sweet 16 in Ohio is playing in his set. Well, now Joe Schmo in Ohio is listening to the exact same thing as David Guetta, you know, because it's a national brand it's mm-hmm. an international brand it's mm-hmm. not you know organically growing anymore mm-hmm. so so let me ask you guys this question then because uh traditionally radio has been regional which is what kind of we're talking about and you could break a hit in cleveland and slowly it would build out across the country and you would go south and east and west and yeah. we're saying that's gone and because you had local programming and now it's really done, you know, iHeart is really done, you know, in L.A. There's one person, you know, pretty much saying here's what's going to happen. So um, for you guys as independent radio promotion folk, um, what are you guys doing to break? What kind of music do you guys work and what are the strategies you use in order to, to break hits? Did I talk into the mic well enough, Ashley? OK, I'm trying to be a I'm a jock, by the way. We're all DJs tonight. Later on, we should play I Am. What's a David Bowie song? I am a DJ. I am what I play. You guys don't know that song? Sure. <laughs> Marconi, do you know that song by uh, David huh. Bowie? No, I don't. <laughs> right, if anything, you know, and, and we had spoken about this over email, it's forced us to get a lot more creative in ways that we do things. Getting our artists out there in front of programmers, you know, I'm, there was always a such thing as radio visits, but listening party setups and, you know, making sure that the social media is there and that they're shouting out the local DJs and the mix show guys. And, you know, I mean, a lot of these mix show guys can't play anything that's not on their station's playlist. But if they have the chance to slide it in at the club, you never know what's going to happen from there if it get, if it grows organically from a club. So you want to make sure that you still get in front of the right people. And it's just, it, it's made us get more creative, if anything. More creative and also I think triple the work. Oh yeah, of course. Um, it's it's um, <laughs> I've been doing promotion now uh, seven seventeen years, uh, and to be honest, it was never easy. Let's not call it easy to get records played on the radio, but it was an easier process of slots being opened and and mix show DJs breaking records on the air, uh, which happened to me personally as an artist when I first started. My career broke as an artist on mix show. And it it leaked from mix show to regular rotation airplay, and connected the dots from city to city to city, and eventually became a number one record in America because of mix show. 
and I will always give the DJs the credit for breaking music. Um, today, you know, it's I spend more time trying to convince DJs to play a record, um, which I never had to do like that before. It's, it's never been this difficult to to kind of break the ice with with guys that have been breaking records for years that no longer have the power to do that yeah mm -hmm. and when they look when they say they, they just it's almost like an apology it's like i i can't i I'm, my hands are tied i can only play this many records and i can fit in you know imagine you want them to fit in those three records that they're allowed to play and you're one of like 150 people reaching out to them so imagine how do you get that one slot out of those three that they have to fit in in a 30 minute mix show yeah. so yeah. it's it's really hard but it's all relationships too it's it's Relationships and 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 being aggressive in a in a in a passive way, where you're not going to offend anyone, but you got to stay on top of these guys. And I just feel like it's just it's that much harder to to get a result that you want in today's world. Um, and a uh, station like ninety two point three, how many uh, records will they add in a week? Three, five. It depends. I mean, it, it it could be one. I mean, it could be four. It, it could be three. Yeah, it, it all it's depends. never twenty. No, no. I mean, it's so hardly people, ever five. Right. So mm -hmm. people have to get that. I think in perspective, the competition that's out yeah. there. Well, it it all comes down to the major labels. You know, it's like the priority of the week has mm -hmm. to be the priority of the week across the map. Exactly. And and years ago. It was always that way, but it wasn't so just, I guess, bottlenecked now. Now yeah. it's just everybody in the country adds the same five records. Yeah. You look exactly. across, You, I get my email on Tuesday nights, and I look at the all-access, you know, top ads of the week, and it's just like 115 ads? Wow. I mean, I get it. It's Taylor Swift. Right. But, you know, how do you how do you get an independent artist to have yeah. uh, uh, a shot? Right. And get in there. And, and it's difficult. I mean, really, Sirius XM is like one of the one of the top stations in the country that has the biggest audience because of their syndication. And, you know, I've been in that lobby every Wednesday. And there's as the years go on, there's more and more people waiting to speak to the programmers yeah. because yeah. it's uh, it's the biggest audience. Our uh, our visiting expert this year is John Bulos who's right. vice president of promotion right. for Atlantic. Atlantic yeah. And uh, the other night he was in talking to the grad class and uh, we were talking about priorities and how you become a priority at the meeting, the weekly meeting, and how political it is. And um, somebody may say, but we promised uh, that producer that that record would be out by December 1. So that's one of the priorities this week and so on and so forth. And then I brought up because... Atlantic, like most of the big three, they also have promo men, people all across the country. Regionals. Yeah, all the regional guys. And I said, but yeah, then you get that, you know, your new act is down here in priorities, way down there, because you have an Ed Sheeran record, you have a uh, Bruno Mars record or whatever. And this is just your label alone, not the rest of the, right. the world. And I said, and then you get that call from, you know, your person in Dallas that says, I don't know what's... Man, they're playing this record in Dallas. I've heard it four times in two days, and and it's like the, a light bulb goes off at Atlantic, and that thing way down there as a priority then moves up 
because of course they love a, a radio a record that gets its legs on its own. Right. You know, then they throw money at it, uh, and that's almost um, it's it's almost a whim today that that could possibly happen with all the pressure to be a national part of the national playlist. Yeah. It's tough. It's uh, it, the the opportunities aren't there anymore. Um, I I had um. I, I guess my first record came out in 04, 03. And it was an independent record, and I got a station in Miami to play it. It was a, a cock station, and it was um, basically became the number one requested song on the air. Mm. And literally, it was an MP3 that I sent the guy. And it just connected. It, it went from Miami to dance in Chicago. This is when there was 30 dance stations in America. Yeah. Today, there's one. Yeah. I said one. <laughs> That's KNHC in Seattle, Washington, and it's based out of a high school, and it's the longest-running dance station uh, in America. Oh God. And it's based in a high school, and the same programmer's been there since day one, and he's the greatest guy in the world, loves dance music. But unfortunately, and John, if you're listening to this, you're going to play all of our records yeah. from now He's on vacation, but yeah. But, you know, it's, it's um, we had that community, that community, talking about the dance community we had those stations that everyone kind of supported each other and we built artists and we built careers mm -hmm. based on the media-based stations that we had uh on the dance panel and it, you could build a career i'm a i'm an example of that i mean i mm -hmm. came from no label i ended up getting a deal on ultra because of mix show play and some of the other stations that were playing it and i mean i always hustled myself because I, I had a promotion background so mm -hmm. i was always running up to stations to get my own ads. But the reality was radio back then, you could break an, an independent regional act like myself and have a city like New York and Boston and Chicago and Miami play it, and it become the biggest hit in the city. Yeah. And then cross over to Z100 and cross over to Kiss in Boston and cross over to Y100 in Miami because the record had so much regional love mm -hmm. and with the live performances to back up the airplay um you know every commercial on the radio was friday night live yeah. at dna lucas prada sing you know yeah, it was, the way it was you done. had all that and, yeah. and that was another tool of promotion because you would hear the commercial and you'd say oh the song and the commercial i love that song in the commercial and and that's kind of how we would yeah and if you were an audience and you knew all about that. You were hip, too. Oh, yeah. And that was a great... And, and, and the radio stations back then told you where to go. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was like, tonight, we're live at this place. And in Queens, exactly. we're live at this place. And then we're in Jersey. And we're in Staten Island. And we're in Brooklyn. And everybody would basically be getting dressed, ready to get go out, on the phones, mm -hmm. telling their friends, do you hear who's going to be at this place tonight? We're going to be here. This station's going to be here. And it literally planned your weekend. Mm -hmm. or planned your night. Mm -hmm. And that was that's the culture I'm talking about. That's the that's the thing that that the big corporations when they got involved, it took away mm -hmm. the the personal touch time that, is money that we all had yeah. with radio. Speaking of that, yeah. we have a question from Sarah Shulman. Uh speaking right uh, that's real uh, that's good you actually uh picked up on that. The question is how important do you feel radio is for uh artists today? Are we talking new artists, or are we talking already established artists? Well, it doesn't say, so let's go with new artists. Well, new artists, 
put it this way for established artists yes it is very important for new artists it's important it's always going to be important it's always going to be a piece of the puzzle but i wouldn't bank on getting there right away national terrestrial radio you know so i think it's important it's more important almost to focus on streams spotify youtube social media and get to that when you get to that it will come and it is important but i think it's more important to start fresh and start at the baseline what about live shows instead because i know a band that before they got to radio they started they played 250 shows a year like what about live shows how important is that to getting to uh being a part of radio absolutely because they they always want to see that you have stage presence you know i mean nobody wants to see a band that has no stage presence first of all you're not going to make any money nobody's going to come out to your shows so yeah i mean live shows streams on spotify youtube and i'm being told to talk into the mic but yeah no i mean all of that stuff is important and they're all huge pieces of the puzzle and radio is a big piece of the puzzle but it's not the easiest and it's not going to come right away and you just have to be patient and these days you just have to know that it's not local anymore so there's going to be a Katy Perry record ahead of you yeah every day yeah I mean I, I'm also a big believer in um, visiting your local station finding out where your college station is and just being a part of it meaning send your music there stay on top of people um if there's a big concert find out if there's a pre-show find out if there's a, a five minute spot on stage where you can sing one song you know that's that's really i can't tell you how many shows i did on picnic tables you know in the middle of tulsa oklahoma you know like never been to tulsa and i'm doing a a meet and greet show on a picnic table literally Mm -hmm. At a big field. But you know what? Some of my most loyal fans come from Tulsa, Oklahoma now. But they'll never forget me from that. And I'll never forget them from that day. So sometimes you got to do the most, you know, different kind of events and shows and knock on those people's doors at radio and local radio because they'll pay attention. I mean, they, that doesn't mean they're going to play the record. But if you're good enough and you have enough persistence and you know how to talk, you could find your way into opening for the opener <laughs> at a show. And I've, I've just always been that, that person that shows up to everything. Even if I'm not on the bill, I'm still at that festival that the radio station's showing with pockets full of flyers with all my social media on it. And people saying, what are you going to do with all that? I'm like, well, I'm not going to litter, but I'm going to give it to everyone that's here. So you have to think outside the box. And if you're a new artist and you don't think outside the box, you're in big trouble. Mm -hmm. So um, is it important for... Notice how I'm getting... I'm, I'm doing this Instagram Live, so I keep switching the camera, so when I speak, I make sure I'm seen. Hi, hey, everybody. When um, you mentioned uh, if you're a new artist, go to that college radio station, see what's there. But is it important for... New artists, meaning mostly unsigned, whether you're in college or 23 years old or something, should they know um, the the Beasley group of radio stations, the uh, you know the Cumulus stations? Should they know which one might be an independently owned station or part of a much smaller group of stations, so that maybe they have a better shot at getting a song added versus going to 
Oh, that station, I listen to that, and that's an iHeart station, and you have no opportunity. Yeah, well, it always helps to, you know, be creative, think outside the box like that. You mm -hmm. might not get an invitation in the door, you know. I mean, a lot of these radio stations are like Fort Knox these days, but if you do go to that concert, mm -hmm. and let's say you do see the 1D, even if you see the intern and you say, hey, you know, here's my blah, 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 check mm -hmm. it out, you never know what's going to happen. So, yeah, it's a lot easier if you do know your stuff if you know who's like an iHeart I you're not going to get in the front door but if you know a smaller group you're going to get in the front door but we're, we're also talking now about personality too because you have to really be Absolutely. a hustler to do this you can't just be if you're a shy person it's not going to work out for you right well then you got to find someone to be on your team who is aggressive and mm -hmm. who knows how to do it right. uh, that's really important i always felt like I don't think I would ever be anywhere in life if I wasn't um, professionally aggressive in a way. Nice you know, term for Yeah, it. you like yeah. that? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, in a way where, where, you know, you always have to jump, I think, and, and no matter what, yeah. whether, you're, whether you know you have a lot of work to do or you know your music's really great and ready to go, I think everyone has to take that leap. And if you don't, show business, I mean, that's what show business is, is... You know, if you don't push your way to the front sometimes, you're never going to get to the front. So mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in that as an artist and, and even as as a promotion person now, you know, no, no one's going to come knock on your door. No. And that's that's been something that I've always... Um, pushed on people what, now, uh, oh, I was just gonna, one of the first stories that i had heard about you and i don't even know if like i, I ever told you this oh, no. but i was working at capitol at the time and i was working right outside bill's office and bill and howard would come the rock guys would come out every day and they'd be like lena you're you're the dance girl do you know lucas prada and of course everybody knows lucas and and the one thing that they would constantly say about you is he is the biggest hustler I have mm. ever met because you would go to work every day at Capitol Records. At Virgin, yeah. At Virgin, do your job. Yeah. From, like, what? You were the first one there, the last one to leave, they'd say. You'd Horrible. shut the lights off, <laughs> go to, take the, hop on the L-I-double-R, do, like, two or three gigs a night, and be the first one back the next morning. And yeah. they had always, always, always talked about Th Those were some humbling what? days, I have to say. <laughs> You know, I was an in, I was uh, not an intern. I was the most overqualified assistant in the building. I had already done national promotion, and um, I didn't lose my job because I wasn't good at it. The, the company I worked for was going through some problems, so I, I had no job. And I went to the the head of rock, Steve Leeds, who actually yes, works here at the school. Of the station. And um, and Steve said, "Get out of my office." <laughs> you, you, there's no way I'm going to hire you as my assistant. You've been doing promotion for four years on a national level. And he goes, I'm looking for a college kid, like, to come here and, you know, file things and make coffee. And I said, uh, run, get lunch. And I said, I said, you know what, Steve? I'm not leaving. And if I go home to my girlfriend at the time, um, she's going to kick me to the curb if I don't come home with a job. <laughs> and, and he looked at me. He's like, are you being serious? I said, yeah. So he hired me. As like an assistant, and it was in just, the rock was, department. In the rock department, and I'm not even a rock guy. I'm answering the phone. It's like it's, it's Iggy Pop. Can I speak to Steve? It's Courtney Love. Can I speak to Steve? And I'm like, who are these people? Like I didn't know anybody. Wow. I didn't know any of these rock people. <laughs> a perfect Circle. Yeah. You know all these big rock bands that I just didn't know who they were. So um, the, the the what I'm getting at is like, he, I, so I get signed to Ultra and I'm putting music out. Um, just 
nothing really big yet, but it connected on KTU on 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 uh, in the New York station, and um, Ultra Records did this big campaign with um, a, a compilation CD, and they bought the back page of Billboard magazine. So the CFO comes downstairs from all of <laughs> oh, all of, of 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 Virgin. Uh, I guess they were owned by what EMI, EMI yeah. at the time. Yeah. And uh, he comes downstairs. His name is Mike Harris, and he and he leans over the the my cubicle, and he goes, "Is this you?" And it was me on the back of the Billboard magazine, and of course there's Billboard all over the building, right? And I go. What am I going to say to this guy? Like, is he going to fire me? <laughs> right. You know, like, and he said, he goes, what are you doing for lunch today? He goes, I'll buy you lunch. And we ended up going to lunch and I explained to him like how I would put my cape on on Fridays and be this like yeah. artist and travel around the country and get on a plane and be back to work by Monday morning and had hit records all over the, the U.S. And, um, and this guy was like, I've never seen anybody do this before. And it was kind of a cool thing. And now we, we have a cool relationship. He runs actually uh, Universal Nashville now. Mm -hmm. um, and, and just a great guy. Great guy to know. Again, relationships, yeah. you know. But, yeah, it was funny because here I am working in the rock department and, you know, music on the air, which was so bizarre. And then after I left my single end, she said, we, I used to do the conference calls every Wednesday and get 20 regional guys on the same mm -hmm. line. And that was my job, to, to lean over and say, all right, pick up, they're all on. All right. <laughs> and um, they, the, the, head of the, pop, the head of the promotion, uh, well, I won't mention her name, but she, she, she jumps on the phone and everyone's like screaming and laughing that Lucas Prada got the only ad at Z100. And they were trying to get Janet Jackson that week, ah. big time. And she goes, you think this is funny? And she ripped everyone <laughs> apart. And they were like, but it's Lucas. And she goes, I don't care who it is. And after like, they hung up the call, everybody called me and said, you don't even know what this conference call was about today. That You got the only ad at Z100 today. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's it was a cool experience and working for a label and seeing all the different all the different sides of it, you know, as an assistant. But yet, being on the number one station in the country was uh, was pretty fun. Yeah, you know, I think I got a lot of people in trouble, but it was fun. But they never forgot. <laughs> no, they don't. They didn't forget. No. So I'm a new artist, a DIY artist, and I've got a great song and so on. But I am that introverted personality. Okay. How do I find a you, or one of you, whatever, to help? me get my music out because I, I, I get too intimidated when I when I go to meetings and with these guys and so on. Well, luckily with the labels consolidating, there are a lot of us out of work looking for business. Right. Um, but how would they, you know, I'm not saying you'd have to take them on, but how do they find not only you, but people like you to get them at least to look professional you talk to with people. their pitch you you create your circle and within your circle your circle gets bigger and you know mm -hmm. it branches out and it's almost like mm -hmm. a family tree you know there mm -hmm. was uh, being told to talk into the mic again um <laughs> there was one um there's this one girl who who's who like the whole team is working with recently and her dad happened to know a promoter and the promoter <laughs> got a hold of another promoter and said you know i can't work this girl she's not my realm but maybe you can and so on and so forth and it just kind of took a spiraling turn through there mm -hmm. so talk to everybody you know even if it's just 
the guy answering the phones at Capitol Records. You know, I, you never know who knows who, and your team just starts to spiral and mm -hmm. get the ball rolling that way. You got to network. Yeah. You All have right. to learn how to network, and, and, and finding someone that can network is obviously would be even better. But I think, you know, the internet is an amazing thing. You can you can find people to get you to the next person. Sure. Um, I have an artist right now that I'm working with, who um, he kept talking about iHeart and iHeart and the woman at iHeart and I performed at iHeart and he performed at the Dunkin' Donuts lounge, and I'm looking at him. I so I brought him with me to a Dunkin' Donuts performance, and he walks in the building and everyone from the door guy security to the head secretary to all the programmers, they're all telling him hi. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. How you doing, Mark? And I'm going, how do you know everybody here? He goes, my mom has been calling this woman at the front desk for three years straight. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, and she finally listened to my music. And she reached out to some other people and introduced me to this guy from Disney and this guy from Warner Brothers and this guy from Atlantic. And he goes, I've been to all these labels. And he literally is like, he knows, and he's so talented. Oh my God, so talented. And it just blew my mind. I'm like, that's genius. Your mom hooked you up. See that? So there you go. So if you're introverted, right. call your mom. You know, like his mom just was very aggressive. So, yeah. and he's not, he's not like his mom, but mm -hmm. his mom pushed until, I mean, she was like, did you listen to his demo yet? Oh no, listen to it right now. Mm -hmm. And the woman did, and she was blown away by it. He happens to be very talented. And, and, um, the, you know, I mean, listen, I put on Facebook one day uh, looking for a male vocalist. And I had about, I don't know, 60 people comment. And his name was one of the names that was put linked into my comment. Uh -huh. And I clicked on it and I said, oh, my God, who is this kid? So use Facebook, use Instagram, like mm -hmm. put it LinkedIn. out there. Say I'm mm -hmm. looking for a producer. I'm looking for a manager. I'm looking for an attorney. I'm looking for someone to help me in the music business. Everybody can network. It's like the separation. You never know who you're going to know. And it happens to be that one of my old fans is his cousin. There you go. And she said, check out my cousin. Hey, question for you. Because we're, we're doing this uh, this live and uh -oh. Devon, Devana is, is watching. And her question is, everything you're saying, um, can't that go the other way if you're too aggressive? Can you turn people off and, and, and create a bad name for yourself? 100%. One thing that you always said in class, and it always stuck with me, was be persistent, but not to the point where you're annoying. Mm -hmm. And I always kept that with me. You know, when I was out of work for a while and I was looking for a job, and I would literally go on All Access, which is a radio website, and I signed up for the industry directory. Anybody can. And I would literally throw, scroll through all of the promotion emails, and I'd send them emails with my resume, and i just start writing people. And you know, people would write back and, you know, I'd keep their names and numbers in a Rolodex. And if something came up, you know, I'd follow up with them. But you can't follow up to the point where it's annoying. Hey, remember me? Hey, remember me? Hey, remember mm -hmm. me? Because then it's going to mm -hmm. be like, no. No. No, 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 no. Professor, yeah, that's, 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 Professor Philp never learned that <laughs> in class no. at all. I come from the... I, I come from the there's a microphone here. It's radio. I forgot. I, I come... I can't... Yeah. Or how about this? You hold this for a second. There we go. Is it working? Okay. No, no, I'm looking at myself. Oh, just hit, hit a thing. There you go. Instagram dead. That's what this is. But uh, I come from the Lucas Prada school of uh, yes. keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And turn, always turn the negative into a positive. So if somebody says no, try and find out but why no. 
maybe it's a reason you you just feel rejected but maybe there's a reason why they said no maybe it's just this week we just don't have enough space to add you but you, you know at what in three weeks we might be able to do it so come on back so it's it's communicating right and it could last a long time like mm -hmm. the story you wanted me to tell yeah exactly. why don't you tell that real quick it's, or, it's a short story but you know i i won't say what year i got out of college but i got out of college and my dream was to be a, a songwriter and recording artist and I thought it was going to happen right away. I was on this MTV show, and I had connections, and I was meeting all kinds of people. And I said, right, this is going to be quick. And a year went by, and three years went by. And, you know, I started dancing for an artist, George Lamont. And um, he was assigned to Columbia, and I was his backup dancer. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm still in the mix. I'm still working in the business. And then five years went by, and here I am doing demo after demo after demo. And six years went by, and seven years went by, and I'm going, I didn't sign up to be a dancer. I signed up to be a recording artist. And the honest truth is, and, and I hate to say this because it discourages people sometimes, but it, for me personally, my journey, it was, on my, it was 10 years since I graduated college. And um, I had my first record that actually made any kind of splash. And it was two years after that that I had my first radio hit. So it was 12 years mm -hmm. of, of grinding. To um, be an overnight sensation. To be an overnight yeah. sensation. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I tell that story all the time and, and people look at me like, I'm not waiting 10 years. Are you crazy? And I said, well, sometimes if you really want something, you've got to put the work in and you're not always ready right now. Mm -hmm. You may be ready in five years. So, so yeah, 12 years and then 14 years later, I had a worldwide number one hit. So it kind of yeah. all worked out. I always tell the story that uh, in class, I used to tell the story anyway, that Lennon and McCartney met in 1957 and it wasn't until 1962 that there was anything that we heard from them. Right. So it's not, you know, especially Dave and I in school, we did for a long time, we would get students, you know, put a band together, and here's my demo, here's three tunes. So before I listened to it, I said, well, how many, this is three out of how many? Right. Uh, three out of three. Well, what, what, <laughs> well no, I said, I'm not going to listen to these. Come back when you've written 30 and then there's three. I said, then you know Lennon McCartney, blah, 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 just because you've been together for four months right and you know and you want you want to hit and so on and so forth but it's it's you know time the clock isn't really the issue it's your maturity and your understanding of not only the art but the craft and the business and the commitment that you have to put yeah in. um I, i'm afraid when people when you, someone comes out and they've literally just started, and they have a record, a record on the radio. Yeah, that's like deadly. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. well, you'll never hear from this person <laughs> ever right. again. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it definitely depends. Um, not everyone is going to have the same experience that I had, mm -hmm. but it, it really did. Um, it just polished me as an artist, absolutely, and as a business person, and how to deal with the music business and get to know the people I had to get to know. And uh, I used every one of those steps to help me. Right. In the, yeah. you know, well, I, I was on Epic in the, in the 70s, but we, we became an act. We became a band when we took a summer job, six sets a night, six nights a week, 8.30 to 2.30. Oh, boy. And rehearse in a day because you were doing original material. Right. Then you become a band. You know, everybody has to go through that period in some way, some fashion. And for us, it was it was that one night off, 
six nights a week, six sets a night, you That's, know, and and uh, that was your Beatles in Hamburg. Yeah, that was the, your ten thousand yeah, exactly hours same thing. same principle. Yeah. But that, that's good that you got to actually, professional. you got to perform and you got to do your art. Some people don't get to do that, and they should, because I think just waiting around for the right moment to happen yes, is, is not the way to go. I mean, yeah. my advice to anybody is play the clubs, play the bars, play in front of two people. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Just play. I mean, I do something at, um, at CBGB's on Thursdays, and I book talent. A lot of them come from this school. Mm -hmm. And no one does it for the money. They do it for the experience. Sure. And the reality is there's, I would say, I don't know, a few hundred people, maybe more, in that food court uh, on a Thursday night that have no idea you're coming. They really don't care that you're there. And right. you have to really right. impress them to put their iPhone down or their laptop or their food and literally pay attention to someone who wasn't even... They don't even know you're coming. Mm -hmm. So just the experience alone, I tell everybody all the time, I say, if you can get through that set, you're on the right path. Mm -hmm. Because it's not easy. Mm -hmm. All right, so I have a question from St. Jimmy. And it's, what's the single most important thing in radio pro uh, promotion? Is it, is it the same regardless of genre, or is it different depending on genre? 110% relationships. Relationships, relationships, relationships. And it's the same regardless of genre, because you never know who's going to switch genres, just like you. Lucas was working in the rock department for a while. I started promotion in the cl in, at a classic rock indie. I knew nothing about classic rock. Mm -hmm. And I'm still... I still keep in contact with half of those people today. And some of them have gone on to do sports radio, to do pop radio, to do all different things. And it's just those relationships will stay with you regardless of the genre. It's all about relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> another question came from, a, uh, from Devana, actually, again. What's the best way to impress the iPhone holders, in your opinion? <laughs> you know, the, the people who are really not listening to radio but they're doing spotify they're listening to apple music or, or whatever i think i'm still learning that one mm -hmm. so if you find the answer let me know well i think that if you're an artist and um youtube is a huge tool to do lots of different things with covers um acting an acapella if you're if you're a guitar player playing guitar and just posting Content, content, content. I mm -hmm. tell people all the time, the engagement that you have with your fans or your soon-to-be fans or people that happen to just scroll up to your stuff, um, it's so important to give them something to, to look at and to change it up every day or every other day or once a week, twice a week. Whatever it is, it's really about content. So if you don't stay on top of that, you will get run over because there's literally hundreds of thousands of artists out there that get it and that's why they have you know millions of views and millions of fans and they create this unbelievable um online presence and it's all from your smartphone it's uh what anthony's in my class in my morning class and it's exactly what you're saying it's taking the passive fan and moving them through the active fan to the fanatic fan and there's no one way to do it, but that's the model today. Yeah. Figure it out. Ted, a passive fan, and I bring up this example. You're in New Pulse, and you're playing on a Thursday night, 
and there's a potential of 5,000 kids come in to that night. What are you going to do to get them through the door, even before you start playing? But that's the creativity right. of you being moving that passive fan to a hopefully a fanatic fan, because obviously the spending on the fanatic fan is going to be much more than the passive fan uh, on, on your stuff. I think uh, Spotify playlists have uh, anything to do with getting more people to branch out in any way, trying to get on any of those like big playlists that have like thousands of followers. They add maybe four or five songs. That's kind of like how radio is doing, where you have like those really big playlists, but like they add a couple new songs here every here and now. Do you think those have a big part in uh, branching out a little bit as like a new artist? Spotify is unique. I mean, and Spotify is a lot, and we've spoken about this before, where, you know, people are going from promoting to radio to promoting to Spotify. There actually are people yeah. out there that promote specifically to Spotify playlists, and mm -hmm. that's their main job is to get on these Spotify playlists. So absolutely, it has a ping in it. Um, a lot of it is also on their back end, which I'm just learning because I'm dealing with Spotify with one of our artists, that um, a lot of it is just these, you know anagrams and stuff where it just puts artists together mm -hmm. you know and the more you do playlists yourself and you create a playlist and you put your track on a playlist with another artist the more the back end of spotify compiles playlists with you next to that artist and puts you as a related artist to that artist mm -hmm. if that makes any sense whatsoever yeah definitely it's definitely tricky you know everybody it wants is. to be on the sponsored spotify playlists um, and, you know, I've been on playlists for uh, for three days, you know, and it's like, well, wh why did they take it off? You know, it's there's mm -hmm. 100 and actually there was 3.5 million followers on one of the playlists that we got on. And we were on for literally for three days. And I'm like, you know, we, we shot up our stream shot up and it was all because, you know, we submitted the music and it was good, good enough to get played. But it's very difficult these days to be on these big Spotify playlists. But there are playlists out there that are not Spotify sponsored with that are active, you know, that have actually 150,000 people followers, you know, and they're active followers. And you can see the numbers jump. I have a question for two promotion people. And that is, uh, we heard, we've heard for 40 years the word payola. Uh -oh. And in I've other words, paying to get your song played. And the real definition of payment of payola is the secret payment to an acceptance by, it's got to be two parts, by a radio personnel. Uh, and I still hear today that to get something played on a New York City station as a new act could cost you for one spin as much as $5,000 to do that. Now I'm not I'm not in it at all, but I'm just I'm not asking you to reveal. Just asking you to maybe comment on: Is it still exist? It exists in different ways today. Is it uh, so complicated that um, you know it's done outside of the actual talking to a DJ or talking to a um, you know? Because we've had McCluskey here. I mean, we've had you know. Some of the big guys here. Nice to work with McCluskey. Right. Who's McCluskey? I don't know who McCluskey is. He's a big independent big promotion. Indie. Yeah, yeah. One of the biggest. Oh, Jeff McCluskey. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. I met yeah. Okay. Um, I worked for his competition in the early days. Um, I, I, I guess the safest way to answer that question is that um, 
you know, promotion today, when, when someone comes to me and says, I want to be on pop radio, on uh, top 40 radio, there's what, 170, 180 pop stations now. Um, you know, it, the cost, it's more about the, um, the promotion cost to get, to hire someone because there are indies that, that I guess, uh, consult a lot of these radio stations. Yeah. Right. Um, there was a time when Indies was the thing to be, and everyone was. And then Elliot Spitzer came around. All right, every once, every maybe ten years, you it comes up again. Yeah, and then it know? was like there was no Indies. Yes, and then like I would go to Z100 with a, a CD, and I'd have to fill out a form uh -huh. to just hand the CD to someone. Right, and I'm like, what is going on here? But it was everyone was in panic mode. Everyone yeah. didn't yeah. know what to do, and you're not allowed to take music unless you sign this and. So there was a lot of that, and that kind of faded a little bit. But the number that's out there right now for pop radio across the board to like actually work the uh, a campaign at pop radio is is in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and that's not necessarily money that goes to the radio station, or at, at all. The time, you know what I mean? It's more mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. the promotion side of it, mm -hmm. and and whatever loophole you want to call it, but. That's that's a lot of money to be right. to have to have in order to really work the panel. Right. You know. Well, I understand when labels were that nervous that an independent promo guy would get a block of time that he would sponsor, right. and he paid for that block of time. Then he would charge the label if they wanted that record to be pushed. He charged the label. The overhead of that plus, of course. Right. And I mean, it there's way. no secret. Money's the name of the game. Yeah. Um, there's a reason why the major labels run the show. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, for me, as an independent artist and an independent promotion person and someone that has worked at the majors and I have worked at the big radio stations, it's it's um, it's discouraging. It just is as as uh, from my angle that I feel like everybody deserves a chance. And it's really difficult when you don't have those kind of budgets to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and sometimes, you know, they say the cream rises to the top. If you're that good, you'll get there. Yes, but unfortunately, if you don't have the budgets needed to do certain things, uh, it's not, you're never going to get there. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And there's no more room for that, let's break a new artist today. And, and, and I don't mean they broke Fetty Wap out of Patterson, New Jersey. Because obviously he was a new artist and he became mm -hmm. this huge mixtape CD guy, right? Mm -hmm. And and the major labels saw the numbers and they, they scooped him up. I don't mean breaking that. I mean, that's... He broke himself. I give that guy credit for breaking himself. Sure. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, a local artist, that a regional artist, that radio is able to, to break on their own. And, and those are the days that we all miss at radio. Yeah. It takes the fun out of that. Yeah. Well... And, and Jeggy, by the way, says hello to you, Elaine. Oh, that's Joanne. Oh, okay. There we go. Hello, Joanne. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Joanne. Oh, hi. Hi, Joanne. Uh, hi, sorry. But uh, we need to, we were talking about taking the fun out of everything. We need to do that now. Okay. Because yeah. we, need to, we need to end our Music Biz 101 and More radio show for this session. Are you guys okay with that? Do you guys no, mind? No, I just I'm hope not. I didn't bore anybody. Um, we don't know. Yeah, when it, no, yeah. We don't even know how many people listen. We actually uh, almost went over tonight. So, wow. um, yeah. So we're good. So we should start doing some thanking. Ready? 
Thank you. Hold on. All right. So we want to thank Lucas Prada. <laughs> Big hand for Lucas Prada. Yes. Yay. Yes. And then we want to thank Elena Lanza. Big hand for yes. Elena Lanza. Look at those hands. Look, you have your jazz hands, so she I promotes do. jazz music. We want to thank Anthony Brown. Thank you, Anthony Brown. For yeah. 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 Woo. Yay, B. We want to thank Ashley Weltner. A.W. There we go. A.W. She's got her own repair brand. Good job, <laughs> Ashley. And then we should thank... Esteban Marconi, the well, good doctor. Thank you the very much. The good doctor. Much. Give him a hand. Give him a serious And, of course, my co-host. I haven't been using the mic for any of this. No. <laughs> and my co-host. On Instagram Live, you totally forget about that there's a, my a microphone. My co-host. Yes. Got to multitask. That's yes, what it's right. all about these days. Yes, uh, I am the co-host. Turn that thing around to... I, 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 I have it now, so I see myself, and I'm looking great. Okay. So I look great tonight. My and co-host, yeah, David... Kirk Professor David Kirkfield, but at the end of every show, we do not say hello because yes. that'd be silly. It's well, the end we'll of the see show. You next week? No. Why? Next week, there's a basketball game. Ah. Go Pioneers. That's Woo! Right. So it will be two weeks. We will be back on yes. December 13th. Yes, that will be live. Then we'll have a couple uh, other things going on, and then we'll be back really live at the end of January. But enough of that because it's the end of the show. That's Ooh. right. I know. So as I was saying, we don't say hi at the end of the show. It's silly. You know what we say? It's in a different language. I hope you guys can understand the, the word. It is... I can't remember when You looked at me and cried Said something broke inside of you My best friend No.
Tune.